And with that, we welcome you to another episode of the Diamond Discussions Podcast, episode seven on this cold and uh, wintry uh, December week. <laughs> uh, winter meetings going down in Las Vegas. Um, lots of organizations, well, every organization is there, I'm positive on that, at least someone from every organization in Las Vegas, Paradise, Nevada to be exact. Um, we're coming to you live, though, from Illinois in our uh, nice podcast studio and uh, we have two special episodes this week episode seven and eight will be covering all things you need to know thus far coming in uh, to the winter meetings and going out of the winter meetings and um, on about day three officially I believe right now it'll be uploaded on day four of the winter meetings we'll have an episode on Wednesday the 12th and then Saturday the 15th so uh, a double episode week Ethan Carter alongside John Carter how you doing hey good how you doing and uh, as we hop into um, the episode, as you could tell from the beginning, we have a new intro uh, song. If you hear a noise, he keeps messing with his mic. I don't know what's going on uh, with that situation. But we have a lot to get to. We have some recent transactions to cover uh, since the last episode. I don't know how much we've uh, missed per se. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, we had some stuff that went down today uh, as well as yesterday, but nothing uh, too significant. So we'll just start out right here with Andrew McCutcheon signing a three-year, $50 million deal with a club option with the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, let me just say right now, they're obviously going to remain in on Manny Machado, and this doesn't take them away from Bryce Harper whatsoever. So 16.6 a year, I believe, is what I counted. I don't know if that's completely accurate, but um, that's what the deal is for McCutcheon, and uh, he went from... The Giants to the Yankees in 2017, now headed to Philly. What are your thoughts on the McCutcheon deal, uh, 16.6 per year for three years with a club option to the Phillies? That's a Giants-Yankees 2018. I, my years are messed up, sorry. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, the Phillies, I mean, they have a bunch of young guys. Uh, trading away Carlos Santana, maybe they wanted to get a nice veteran presence in the outfield. I mean, they already have Herrera, but uh, I mean, I feel like he's still a solid outfielder. You know, he had a pretty, pretty decent year. I mean, a, an average batting average, still hit above twenty home runs. Um, I mean, he can be a, uh, I guess, just a balanced option in the outfield. And it, it's just gonna be weird to see him in Philadelphia because he was in Pittsburgh for so long. He's headed back to Pennsylvania, so we'll see. Um how that shakes out. And a lot of people are, in, are indicating some sources uh, within the Phillies organization or outside or people uh, on the inside. They, they know the, the whole uh, spiel, per se. Um, they're indicating that the Phillies could move a young outfielder as well as potentially Sixto Sanchez, a very young and highly touted prospect uh, within their organization, which would surprise me. I think if you're going to move Sanchez, you probably want to move him uh, for Kluber or Bauer, I think that's the only way that I would consider that. Not Madison Bumgarner, but we'll see uh, what the Phillies do. But we knew going into the offseason they were going to spend a lot of money, and they start pretty much right here. They've already made a couple of trades, but they pretty much started or start right here. Um, so, so far they've brought in Segura, and they've traded or they traded for Segura and brought in McCutcheon. Uh, McCutcheon was looking for a five-year deal originally. He settles for three uh, with the Phillies. 
Moving right along to a couple of trades, uh, Ivan Nova heading from the Pirates to the White Sox. Not much to note there other than it's a veteran piece uh, for the rotation for the White Sox. They're going to express a lot of interest in the big uh, free agents, specifically Machado and Harper, as well as some of the uh, mid-end pitching free agents. And then the Cardinals traded Patrick Wisdom, uh, the third baseman, to the Rangers for Pretty much utility outfielder who can play every single infield position except for catcher. <clears throat> 26-year-old Drew Robinson in a swap. Um, Cardinals GM uh, Michael Gersh indicated that Robinson will be battling. Let's let's be honest, uh, Mosaic runs the whole operation, but that's at least what I, you know. Okay. Uh, Robinson will be competing for a spot in spring training, and they're still probably going to be looking for a bench bat, uh, I would imagine, but... Um, I think that's it. There's been a lot of rumors that we're going to cover. Obviously, um, going right along, we'll have our Machado Harper updates, our Real Muto update, and uh, whatever happens. Tulowitzki released by the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. He still has two years and $38 million, uh, left on that deal, with the, which the Blue Jays are going to eat. I don't know what's going to happen with Tulowitzki. He, um, he appears that he'll be healthy going into 2019. I don't know if anyone's going to sign him. I mean, I think he would sign for super cheap, I would imagine. Uh, if he's going to be, yeah, he's still getting paid 38 mil in two years from Toronto. So I think that was pretty surprising that they released him. And um, we'll certainly see what the, uh, what happens with Tulowitzki and what happens with all the other, all the other teams. Is there anything that stood out to you so far uh, at the winter meetings? Well, I mean, Obviously, there's still a lot more to happen. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the McCutcheon signing isn't uh, too surprising, but definitely the Tortulowitzki release, I think. I mean, I guess I can understand it with uh, the Blue Jays trying to get younger. Uh, you know, they got – they uh, – <clears throat> excuse me. They didn't re-sign Bautista. They traded away Donaldson. Um, they're getting – or they do have a good farm system, so because I think to the whiskey, he still he probably still has a couple years, you know, a couple decent years in him. You know, it obviously passes prime, but if he can stay healthy, he could be a uh, a solid piece. I mean, he could probably play third, uh, more so shortstop. You know, because he could be a solid piece to a team. We'll see what happens with him. I think that. Um... The main two prospects that a lot of people are excited about in Toronto is Vlad Jr., uh, who's a third baseman. I believe Bo Bichette's a shortstop, right? So they have their left side of the infield covered um, for quite some time. They didn't need Tulowitzki, so I guess that makes sense. I mean, you are still eating $38 million salary, but um, it made sense to a certain degree. Let's get over to JT Realmuto updates. Um, so there's been a lot of a lot of moving discussions per se about every single team that could be involved for Real Muto. We've heard any anywhere from uh, the Braves to the Astros to the Mets to the Yankees. Just so many rumors. And a big one here, I think that I think there's absolutely no shot that this happens, just for the record. A New York, New York, Miami three team deal which would send Noah Syndergaard to the Yankees. Mets fans absolutely say no to that. They would send Real Muto to the Mets and then probably a couple pieces from both New York teams going to Miami in a deal like that. Um, 
I think this deal to begin with is terrible, and I don't think it's anything the Mets are interested in. I unless the Marlins are willing to negotiate uh, just between those two teams and not include a third team or a third team that's not the New York Yankees. Um, I don't think they want to move Syndergaard at this moment, and I don't think they want to move Ahmed Rosario, which is something the Marlins are probably going to want, at least Rosario, Nemo, and or Conforto. So what's your what's your take on this potential three-team deal that I think is absolutely terrible? Well, the Mets uh, you know, looking for a solid catcher, trying to upgrade at every position, uh, and Syndergaard's had some you know health issues the past couple seasons. Uh, but I mean, I still, he's still young, still got some, some years in him. I if the Mets are trying to compete, I don't, I wouldn't get rid of him, but, uh, Van Wagnon Wagnon is, uh, quite aggressive. It seems in his, uh, he wants them to debut compete. GM. He wants them here. to compete in 2019. Let me tell you this. He said last week, I read this online somewhere. I don't know where I don't have sources within the Mets organization. Sorry. Um, he said, why would we downgrade and create a hole at a position to fill another one? And that's what I see here. Number one, don't trade Rosario because you're creating a hole at shortstop. Don't trade. Okay, I could see them maybe moving an outfielder. That would make more sense because there's still outfielders on the market like Michael Brantley. They're not going to get Bryce Harper. I'm sorry. Um, why would you create a hole in your rotation when you have a most a, a rotation filled with injury concerns with Steven Matz, Zach Wheeler, and Noah Syndergaard? I think you keep all those guys, you bank on their health. Why fill a fill a hole that you have to fill in your number two rotation spot um, just to bring in a catcher? I think that the only way that they um, can get Real Muto is just a, a three-team deal that's not with the Yankees or just between the two, but I'm not sure how willing Miami is to do that. So we'll keep, uh, we'll keep updated on that. Maybe we'll have a res- resolution of some sort uh, by episode eight on Saturday. But uh, moving right along to our... Uh, if I could just say, go ahead. I think that it would be smart for the Mets to trade with the Braves because the Braves have a lot in their farm system. It's number one, right? You mean Marlins, right? Marlins, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Marlins should you know, work a deal out with Atlanta because of their their farm system is uh, highly, some highly, tight, highly touted guys down there, so... I think that that's a good point because listen here, I mean, you you don't McCann's not going to be a full time starter. Uh, I don't know how Tyler Flowers shakes out there. If you want a catcher, I mean, why not? I mean, you got. I think they have about six guys in the minors that are movable um, within their um, farm system. They have the best farm system in baseball, I think, by far, which is wild because they're still one of the best teams in the NL. Like, their farm system is loaded with pitching. They have Austin Riley, a third-base prospect. Uh, obviously, Albies and Acuna aren't prospects anymore, but they're very young. Um, they have a lot. A little too much, honestly. Rio Ruiz as well. Uh, they have a lot unfairly, honestly. Such a good farm system, though, uh, for them. So, that would make sense. They they could afford doing that. I think, though, the Braves' main focus uh, in in within the trade market would probably be for a starting pitcher, although I think Dallas Keuchel would be a good fit there, and I could see that happening. But um, we'll see there. Let's move right along here uh, to Manny Machado updates. Machado will meet with the New York Yankees, Chicago White Sox, and Philadelphia Phillies, as well as three mystery 
teams. This is always the wild time of the year whenever we hear about all these mystery teams. And um, Makes ideas, you wonder. Any ideas on who the three mystery teams could be? I don't think it's the Dodgers. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think that would be a mystery team. I mean, I think that they would mention them by name if, you know, the Dodgers were involved. Um, it's, uh, it's quite intriguing to think about. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you don't have any ideas for mystery teams. I don't. <laughs> I mean, Cubs hard. maybe could be one. Maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, just to meet with them, yeah, why not? I could see... I mean, what are the big teams that are looking for a starting shortstop? Oh, my God. I or third baseman, I guess. Who would they be? Milwaukee, I doubt it. They have payroll concerns. The Reds seem aggressive, but I doubt it. Pirates might be a mystery team to meet with them. Padres. Yeah, well, the Pirates haven't had a. Uh, Padres need bats. Consistent shortstop for a while. Because I read on Twitter, or I tweeted about Eric Hosmer and how they the the Padres say that they want to make a winning team this year. They signed Hosmer for 184 mil last year. They need bats around him because he needs protection in that lineup. A Padres fan responded to me and said, still a bad contract, but Hosmer needs bats around him. So that would make sense there you because Hosmer had a terrible year last Will year. Will Myers, I mean, he hasn't necessarily been top-notch. They need that big, big bat around him, I think. Yeah, I mean, they, they, got, they got a lot of a lot of tools, a lot of guys with, with tools. Uh, you know, like Ma- Manny Margot or Manuel, however he goes. He's got some speed, a little bit of pop. You got Renfro, he's got some pop. You know, he's not a, I guess, fully developed. Those aren't or, scary enough bats, though, to be around Hosmer. No, I, I'm just saying he's got he's got some company, but he does need protection. Yeah. <laughs> I have no clue who these mystery teams could be, honestly. Like, I think Pittsburgh and San Diego, maybe. I don't know how aggressive. Um, it's not the Yankee. Well, they, I just. I don't think it's anybody in the NL East. I don't. I wouldn't think. I mean, definitely can't be Tampa Bay, and yeah, it's, it's a, not. It, it's not Baltimore. A team that I, I think that would be a good fit, but wouldn't have the payroll flexibility is the A's. Yeah, that seems to be the case uh, with everyone for the A's. I mean, it's it's just how they. Uh, I was looking at the Tulowitzki article, and it was talking about uh, him, the A's getting Tulo's hometown a, team. A great cheap option for them. Because I don't think Tulowitzki's going to take a lot because he's getting 38 mil for the next two years from Toronto already. So, who knows, man? I, it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out for Machado. Uh, we haven't heard much about who is interested and who's meeting with Harper. Uh, we have heard, though, that the Yankees are saying that they are not in need of a outfielder. Cashman said, look, I don't see him as a first baseman here. We are not interested in Bryce Harper. They're more interested – and another starting pitcher in Manny Machado. Uh, so that leaves the White Sox are going to definitely meet with him. I think Philadelphia meets with him. I don't know about St. Louis or Chicago for the for the Cubs. I'm not sure about either one of those teams. I could see it. The Dodgers will probably meet with him. Um, I think even Colorado might meet with him. I don't think it'd be serious. It'd just be to kind of, you know, discuss. Astros potentially as well, but uh, overall, right now, from where it stands, right at this moment, where do you think Bryce Harper is going to end up? This is all speculation, uh, conjecture. What do you think? 
Well, <laughs> I mean, I think that the, you know, the, the Philly signing McCutcheon, I mean, it doesn't take away the option of signing Harper, but it kind of lessens the chances. Uh, and Yankees are supposedly out. I think that the, the team that's most likely at this point, especially with the news of the Dodgers willing to part ways with Puig and Bellinger, could be the Dodgers. Um, but you don't, I mean, you never know. I mean, the Phillies could still be in it. I mean, who knows? The Mets could still be in it. With how aggressive Van... I don't think so. Wagoning. Has been. So. <laughs> Uh, it's it's all it's all speculation. See, I was gonna say Dodgers or Nationals, because I know the Nationals owners said, "Oh, he's probably gone." They've kind of backtracked on that comment and said the door is still open for him. Um, here's what I'll say: if the market for Harper falls off in any way, or if the years drop, I think St. Louis gets involved. I think the Cubs might get involved, um, and the Nationals will probably be right back in it. Because if ten years at three hundred mil is the best they can do. At this point, with the way the market's moving, I know the free agent markets in the last couple years have been slow. This one should not be as slow as it's being. The Nationals could still be a player. I know they're trying to move on without him. I know they're not comfortable at all with where they're at at second base. So I think DJ LeMahieu is the guy that they're interested in in second base. Uh, they're going to have to give him some money. So I'm not sure about the likelihood of the of the um, of the Nationals, but I'm also not sure about the likelihood of the Dodgers because how much money are they going to have? It might come down to Harper being like, you know what? I might have to go to the White Sox. I mean, I don't know. I think they're going to – I have no clue how this is going to shake out. But I'll tell you this. As a St. Louis fan, if the market drops and the teams go out of the running, if they don't jump on it, that would be a huge mistake. Just like uh, the whole Max Scherzer thing where the Cardinals were not interested in Scherzer. They've regretted that, obviously. A St. Louis guy, uh, by the way. So, I don't know. It's really hard to tell. I think in the next few weeks we'll know more, and I don't think he signs until January. I doubt he signs this week unless something huge uh, within his um, situation moves or progresses forward tomorrow or the next day. Could probably be waiting on the uh, Machado market. I mean. Same age, you know. See what, uh, what his contract would be. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to shake out, but uh, we'll certainly figure it out. Let's move over to the Red Sox. Uh, They're listening to offers on Jackie Bradley Jr., um, Rick Porcello, and sources indicated they were listening on um, Xander Bogarts, which I don't think is very likely. Um, They're trying to shed payroll and stay under the highest tier of luxury tax. I don't know what's going to happen with the Red Sox. I did just see on MLB Network, we have it uh, on the TV in here, that Arizona Diamondbacks' top priority or top of their wish list is uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. to replace A.J. Pollock, who's probably going to leave in free agency. So I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see um, if it does. I don't think Boston's going to move on from any of these guys with the exception of maybe Porcello being gone. Uh, I don't think it makes much sense. I think it's win-now time because they have um multiple guys who could be free agents next year so i don't know how that's going to work out but uh we will certainly figure it out what do you think about the uh, red sox situation i mean talking about how the red sox are trying to uh, stay under that luxury tax do you think that the, the uh 
the Dodgers would be in the same boat. But, I mean, if they... I guess... Don't re-sign Machado. Obviously, they're going to be in a good spot because Los Angeles, the Dodgers, they have, they've got money. But um, I guess with uh, signing J.D. Martinez last year, the the Red Sox are in a tougher spot than the Dodgers. But uh, I don't know. I guess, I mean, there's always the option of uh, – Benintendi playing center or bets potentially I don't know how that would um, uh, work out JD Martinez definitely needs to stay as a DH and they still have Eduardo Nunez right who could potentially play shortstop but I don't know I mean if I were them they, they still I mean they've got Chris Sale obviously David Price uh, but I mean they they haven't had like a solid five a five-man consistent solid rotation lately. So I don't know if I, if I were them, I wouldn't uh, get rid of Porcello just yet. But uh, you never know. Well, I would just eliminate Bogarts in this conversation. I don't think there's any chance um, that they move on from him. And I don't think JBJ or Jackie Bradley Jr., who's a free agent after 2020, I don't think they're going to do much with that situation either. Um Moving right along to just a news little point. Uh, Ken Rosenthal on Twitter. And I'll read this exactly what he said. Hashtag Dodgers, comma, hashtag Reds have talked multiple times. Sources tell The Athletic. Different packages being discussed. Puig and play as well as other Dodger outfielders and pitchers. Dodgers want to clear money for other pursuits. Puig projected $11.3 million in arbitration. Alex Wood projected nine mil. So you look at that, and you, you you hear the point of clearing money for other pursuits. What those other pursuits could be, I have no idea. But it sounds like Michael Brantley could be in play here for the Dodgers. I could see that. You know what? I don't even know if the Dodgers are gonna gonna wanna, gonna wow going to want to go all out for Bryce Harper. I could see them settling for a Michael Brantley type. That could make sense for them. So we'll see what that happens. What happens with that. We'll probably know more at the end of the week. But like you said, with their willingness to move Puig or Peterson or Kemp, a lot of sources have indicated that two of those three will likely be moved. I would guess um, Kemp and Puig. I think Puig's definitely locked to be moved uh, this offseason. He's going to be owed a lot in arbitration. Um, I'm sure we'll know more, but we do know that the Reds have been very aggressive this offseason. So that's where we translate over to the National League Central offseason outlook for each team. And we start with the Cincinnati Reds. And what I have down here is they have been very aggressive in the starting pitcher market, whether that's showing interest in Dallas Keuchel, whether that's interest in a lot of trade options like Madison Bumgarner or the Indians pitchers or Alex Wood, as Ken Rosenthal noted. Um, so the Reds have been very aggressive in the starting pitching, pitching market, and they've also had some discussions, not very concrete discussions with, um, with the Reds or with other teams about Scooter Jeanette. And we obviously know that they, uh, non-tendered Billy Hamilton. He's with the Royals now, 
But uh, what does this tell us about the Reds in 2019 with new manager David Bell at the helm? And um, they're really looking for pitching. And I think that this is a good thing because they still have a pretty good lineup. Let's let's be real here. I mean, they still have a Eugenio Suarez. They'll probably keep Scooter Jeanette. They obviously have Joey Votto locked down for probably the rest of his career. They have um, Scott Schebler. They still have a pretty good lineup. I don't know how good it's going to be. But they could be a decent, maybe 80-win team, maybe, if they can add some pitching. So what does this tell us about the about the Reds in 19 being so aggressive for starting pitchers? Well, obviously they want to get back to where they were in, uh, was that 2010, was it? 2011 or 12, when they made the playoffs. Um, I mean, I'm sure that the the ownership group or the front office is sick of, you know, being fourth, fifth place. So they, they want to get back uh, to their winning ways, like back when they had uh, Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, those kind of guys. Um, but obviously, yeah, they're going to need some starting pitching. Uh, I mean, they've had some young guys, like not the best young guys. But, I mean, they've got to have money to spend, you know. Uh, especially, I mean, they're going to need pitching all around the board. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if they, uh, they're going to need an, a center fielder, of course. Maybe another outfielder to, I mean, they have depth, but they've obviously, they traded Duvall, non-tendered Hamilton, but uh, pitching number one, of course. All right, so we'll move ahead and uh, real quick note, something that Ken Rosendahl recently tweeted a few uh, minutes ago. The Phillies remain very aggressive on Zach Britton, other teams still in the mix as well. I think Britain is on the list for a lot of teams. He had a very good couple of years uh, in Baltimore heading in or going over to New York uh, later on. But um, Britain could be big. I think the Cardinals could have him on their list, potentially the Cubs, um, even the Dodgers, Phillies, as I said. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be a, a big a big deal here to see what happens. But uh, nobody's surprised Philly is uh, – Aggressive on someone. They're going to be like that the whole offseason, I have a feeling. But let's move along here to our second team in the NL Central for the offseason. Outlook is the Milwaukee Brewers, the NL Central champs in 2018. And what appears to be a very strong division again this year. Everyone's going to be pretty solid all around. Um, Milwaukee has some, has some budget constraints of sorts. Uh, but they do want to figure out their second base situation. They're not bringing back Jonathan Scope. I believe he signed with the Twins, I want to say. I don't really remember what happened there, but uh, they're probably not going to bring back Mike Moustakis. You shift Travis Shaw back over to third base. Your option to the second base on the free agent market, that is. Daniel Murphy, DJ LeMayhew, Jed Lowry, just to name a few. So uh, I think second base is going to be the main priority for the Brewers uh, this offseason. What do you think for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers heading into 19? Yeah, obviously second base with Scope signing with the Twins. Uh, the you know, like you said, they're probably not gonna resign Mustagas. Uh, you mentioned starting pitching, right? Because I think yeah. that is gonna be uh, a position they're gonna have to solidify. Uh, obviously, their bullpen was one of the top and one of the top bullpens of last year, especially in the NL. But. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, if they can just 
I mean, get at least one starting pitcher uh, and a second baseman. They're going to be tough to beat. Well, there they were uh, in 18, but we'll see how they shift over into 19. Um, moving right along, we're just going to skim over the Pirates real quick because I really don't know what their core needs uh, could be. I think Machado could be in, in conversations uh, within their front office. Um, I think any sort of bat, any sort of pitching would work, uh, but we haven't really heard anything huge on them. Um, so we'll just skim over them. Do you believe the same? Yeah, I mean... There's not really any pressing needs. Uh, they made a couple trades, uh, traded for Chris Archer, um, but he's still young. And they've they've got Josh Bell, Starling Marte, Gregory Gregory Polanco, excuse me. <laughs> um, so they, they they have a team that uh, could be primed to compete. Maybe uh, if they. Add maybe one or two pieces. Maybe in a couple of years they'll be back in the race. But I think we really see, or uh, we we really know the needs of the Cubs and Cardinals more probably. Us personally. Well, that's where we'll go over to the Cubs real quick. Um, I mean, I, I think for them it's mainly pitching, pitching all yeah. around. I think mainly bullpen and maybe a starter, but for the most part, bullpen. I think they'll be aggressive on I think some of those. Maybe trading an outfielder. I know they don't want to trade Schwarber. Hayward's not a tradable piece at all in my mind. He's owed uh, 22.5 next year, 22.5 after that, uh, 23.5, and then 24.5, all the way up until I think 2024, I want to say. so. Yeah, I, I was going to say both Cubs and Cardinals, they need to find that uh, well closer, but – Late inning guy that can, I, I guess they both kind of have late inning guys, but closer pretty much for the Cardinals. Um, the Cubs they still have Moro. Yeah, I mean, I he, will say this though, the Cubs might find use in a middle infielder because Addison Russell's not going to be playing for a while. Javier Baez is obviously there. I don't know if they could bring back Daniel Murphy. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, I guess we can't really forget if they wanted to. They do have Ben Zobrist and um, Ian Happ. I don't know if they're going to trade Happ this offseason. That could happen. We don't know. Um, but they could address the middle infield in the bullpen and probably call it an offseason for the Cardinals. As we go to the last team in the NL Central, they've made the biggest move of the division thus far. Uh, in the offseason, they traded for six-time All-Star first baseman. In my mind, the best first baseman in the game, uh, him and Freddie Freeman, as well as Joey Votto. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt from the Arizona Diamondbacks, that was last week. Um, him coming to St. Louis as a rental. And uh, I think this is their big bat. I still think they can get involved in the Harper market if the years drop off, but we're not going to focus on that for this. They traded for Drew Robinson, who's going to be a bench bat likely, or a bench utility guy if he makes the team. Um, so they pick up they need to pick up a left-handed bat off the bench. Matt Adams coming back would be an option or some sort of trade and bullpen. That's a big need. I know lefty. Be, lefty be, bullpen. It's not just lefty. They Closer. Can, they could use anybody. Okay, you need to calm down. <laughs> uh, Miller, Britton, those are a couple of options on the free agent market as well as, I guess, Craig Kimbrell. 
if you can avoid signing him to a six-year deal, which won't happen. Uh, there was reports today that they're interested in both Will Smith and Tony Watson from the Giants. I don't know how much the Giants want to trade those two guys. Uh, Smith has had a very good ERA, 2.65 in the last two years with the Giants. Uh, he has one year of control, so he'll be a free agent after the 19th season. I don't know how the price would be for that, but the Cardinals definitely need to address their bullpen and a bench bat. And it seems that they're set on Fowler starting in right field next year, so we'll see what happens there. I still think they'll check in on Harper, but we'll see uh, what they decide to do. Did you have the same down for the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, lefty bat, lefty and righty, bullpen, closer. Why not try to bring back Joe Kelly? I see no issue with that. It's an option. I see no issue. We'll see what they do. But um, Let's go to our last division before we head out for Episode 7 and see what happens within Episode 8. We move right along over to the AL Central, and we start out with the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals, and I have one word for both those teams, rebuild. Neither of them are going to win very many games next year. This division's horrible. So um, I like how the Centrals are literally complete opposites. Like the NL Central has three contending teams with a couple of teams who could be decent next year, and then the AL Central pretty much has two. I I would still call the White Sox bad. A bad team, two rebuilding teams that aren't good. Uh, Minnesota's like an okay team, and then the Indians are good. Indians could trade uh, Bauer or Kluber and then still win the division. That's just how it works. But we go to Minnesota now. So you, I'm assuming you didn't have anything down for Kansas City and Detroit? Well, I, did, I had starting pitcher, but, I mean, it's not really going to matter much. Well, the Tigers have already, like, they signed Matt Moore. And they signed Tyson Ross. Well, so this just shows how much those I, are just kind of like throw in how bets. much less I know about the AL Central as opposed to the NL Central. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Minnesota Twins is what I had. I had Big Bat, like a Nelson Cruz. Uh, I know that they did discuss them and the Astros both discussed Goldschmidt with the D-backs. Obviously, he ends up in St. Louis. But um, they could use a big bat, uh, like a first baseman bat. Like they thought they had that in Logan Morrison. It didn't really turn out that way. I think Nelson Cruz would be they a lost Joe Morgan here. or Joe Maurer. Wow. <laughs> they lost Joe Maurer. Excuse me. What they have to do here is try to get Nelson Cruz and outbid the Rays for him because I think he fits perfect with both teams as a DH. He had 37 home runs last year. Uh, what do you have down for the Twins? Uh, pretty much same thing. Uh, they could use a starter, though. Uh, Michael Pineda is going to be back, hopefully. Um, but they could use uh, some solidification in that rotation. Yeah, I don't know how interested they are in starting pitching. Maybe Matt Harvey could be an option. Probably bullpen, too. I mean, most teams need... I Pretty mean, much every team yeah. needs pitching of some sort. Right, right, right. With the exception of the Brewers, don't need any bullpen. Like, like with the other two teams, I mean, I pretty much bullpen. Especially the uh, the Indians because they're, they're going to lose Andrew Miller because they're a com- competitive squad. Cody Allen is a free agent too, right? He is, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he he might be gone too. So Indians definitely need to solidify their bullpen. Um, all I had down was either trade Kluber or Bauer or don't. Like what do you and do? and outfield because Brantley's a free agent and Chisholm Hall was signed to the Pirates. Yeah. I'll say this. And though. they've had some inconsistencies with uh, Naquin and then Zimmer. Now they got. Zimmer was really good. I think Greg Allen. Okay. I'll say this. Cleveland, here's what you do, folks. You listen to me right now. I hope the Indians GM, I don't know his name, is listening to me. 
you trade Kluber or Bauer to the Los Angeles Dodgers, and you say, give us Alex Verdugo or we are hanging up on Cody Bellinger. Okay, that's a little much. It's a little much. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Now we go to the Chicago White Sox, the team who is quote-unquote po- uh, poised to spend the most money in this division. I said spend money on pitching because I know they have some interest in uh, Lance Lynn. And then get try to just pursue both Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. I don't know if you'll land either, but try to get at least one of them. You know you can afford it. Why not? I don't know how they're going to try to convince um, – how they're going to try to convince those guys to come over. But Kopech is out for 2019. They still have a great farm system. Eloy Jimenez, who I cannot believe the Cubs gave to the White Sox. That's shocking to me. Uh, Lucas Giolito. Yoan Moncada, you hope he can hit. You non-tendered Avasail Garcia and um, Matt Davidson, which was weird to me. But spend money on pitching and then just make a run at Bryce or Manny. If you can't get either of them, just move on. What did you have down for the White Sox? Yeah, all pitching because uh... – yeah, because Kopech's out, and they need another – well, they got Nova, but another innings eater. Uh, Lance Lynn. As James Shields once was. Well, it takes us to our last two parts of the podcast, two little news bites. Um, the former Cubs bench coach, Brandon Hyde, who was offered the bench coach job with the Mets in before the 2018 season, he didn't take that job because the Cubs uh, – promoted him to bench coach with them. He goes to the Baltimore Orioles to become their new manager. They hired Mike Elias or Elias or whatever his name is uh, from the Houston Astros organization. He's their GM. Now they bring in their manager. The Orioles, obviously the worst team in baseball last year. And um, so that went down. That was a thing. And then finally, the markets for Lance Lynn and J.A. Happ are emerging, according to Mark Feinsand of MLB.com. The Yankees, Reds, Rangers, and Astros are interested in both of those guys. The White Sox are only interested in Lance Lynn, which brings your point to innings eater. Lance Lynn could do that for them. And the Phillies are only interested in J.A. Happ. So um, any final thoughts before we head out here for Episode 7? Well, looking forward to what transpires over the next few days. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to discuss come the end of the week we'll see everybody on saturday for episode eight of the diamond discussions podcast thank you all very much for listening